With all the bye weeks complete, it can only mean one thing. It's time for some Saturday football, too. Folks, this is the push-off. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push Shelf Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week and gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, Defensive Rookie and Defensive Player of the Year. (laughs) That's right, Dan. Uh, We're here for a new uh, episode. We're going to discuss week... What was it, 14 already? (laughs) Yeah, what... Yeah, that Where was week are we? 14. Who are you? And uh, head into week 15. Get get through these 18 weeks of the season. It's it's getting to be a long, arduous one. A lot of injuries. Boy, the COVID bug has hit this week. Um, Ooh, boy. Outbreaks is what we're seeing, and that's not a good sign. As our recording of this, which is, again, a little bit later in the week than, than we anticipated, uh, there hasn't been anything moved. And Saturday games are on the docket. We get to this Saturday, more games to watch uh, on TV for every all eyes to see this weekend, Dan. I mean, I think this is what we kind of thought would happen um, with like Omicron coming out and everybody being like, oh, we're vaccinated, but how many actually are? I think probably by the time this podcast airs, we'll be at 100 plus. 100 plus. It would not show. Oh, 100 plus players on the COVID list. Yeah. So it's it's been bizarre. I mean, you have you have Odell Beckham Jr. having a great Monday night and then coming down on the list Ugh. and you know, most of these guys are vaccinated, but we've been seeing that like almost nobody's coming back inside of like 5 or 6 days. Like almost Not nobody's producing it. two positives, yeah. 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 If you've got if it, it you, Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look good. Cleveland Browns are toast. Like, Stefanski's out, Baker Mayfield's out. Like, everybody's gone. It's nuts. Came out, uh, Washington has like 18 people on their list right now. So, not, not, not well, a that's, good list. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's also great because, like, Washington's medical staff, you know, is top-notch. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, I it's one of those things, like, is this is this the plague that finally destroys Dan Snyder? Can we, can we do it? Can we make it happen? Doesn't um, sound I mean, like the, it. Yeah, the Cowboys put a absolute fucking nail through their chest this last weekend uh, in terms of getting the division. So I'm fine with this, and if if they can go on a little slide here, nothing would make me happier. Um, yeah, we'll see. That that uh, th- this is certainly going to be a big week for this, and and we'll see who all's on the field and who's not. Um, I've got some news here for the week before we jump in. Uh, we got to start in the somber side, Dan. Uh, we lost. Demarius Thomas this week Uh, obviously this came out right before the kickoff stuff from last week so it's been a while but or it's been a few days here since this news came out but it's we haven't had a chance yet uh we've got to watch this guy's whole career uh from our watching football and uh 
33 years old. He uh, obviously the Broncos mostly for eight seasons, then played Texans, Patriots, and Jets uh, at the end of his career. Wrapped up with the Jets his 2019, his final season. 33 years old and then died uh, from a, a seizure that apparently resulted in medical complications from a car accident he had two years ago. So scary stuff. I mean, it's super fucking scary. I mean, we talk about all the injuries that football can, you know, bring on you and how that can ravage your life. And you, you almost, it's weird that you don't think about a car crash, but of course, like, of course it yeah. can. Um, I, people lose track of how good Demarius Thomas was for a really long time with really subpar quarterbacks. Um, you know, obviously when Peyton got there, Demarius Thomas was through the roof. It was him and Eric Decker uh, tearing it up. But uh, Demarius Thomas was the same draft class, basically a body double for Des Bryant. Could do everything Des Bryant could do, but with like a calm demeanor, and everybody seemed to like him. Um, mm-hmm. You never heard bad stuff about Demarius. The car accident two years ago being basically the one exception. Um, didn't hurt anybody else but the people in the car. Um, and he was immediately, you know, apologetic about it, said, that's my fault, i got to do better. Um, this was a guy whose who's prime was really, really incredible. He was another Georgia Tech product. He was the second great Georgia Tech receiver after uh, Calvin Megatron, Johnson. And, yeah. and his stats at Georgia Tech were incredible. This was a guy whose uh, mother and grandmother were both sent to prison for basically 20-plus years and had to have their sentences commuted by President Obama. Uh, really? And his, his mom got out of prison just in time to watch him play in the Super Bowl and win. It, I forgot that crazy. story. Yeah. 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 I mean, Demarius Thomas had an interesting life, but all the news was that he was really adapting well to the post-football world and, you know, was helping his community. Like, it's it's this sort of stuff that really bothers you. You just go, man, this fucking guy seemed like he was getting the second part of his life together didn't have any of the off-field issues it's it's really sad and everybody was everybody he played with had nothing but great things to say about him it's it's sad to lose a guy like Demarius I like that you brought up stuff on, on how good he was on the field we what's a football podcast uh I remember the walk-off against Pittsburgh with Tim oh. Tebow in the playoffs one pass and he took it the distance like that was all him Yep, that was all him. That wasn't Tim Tebow. <laughs> it wasn't a great throw to him. So, uh, yeah, great career. Uh, at least, thankfully, that he got to complete at least that. That, but yeah, far, far too young of a of a life uh, lost there. Um, let's continue, Dan. Uh, we've uh, I've got news that this is going to be Michelle Tafoya's last season on NBC Sunday Night. Fo- uh, yeah, Sunday Night Football. Oh, that's a bummer. I always enjoyed Michelle Tafoya. She was just bland enough to like not be you know like Aaron Andrews is pretty bland but she has her spikes uh, Michelle Tafoya bland all the way through nice oh, even well, keel blandness care- careful because I think the reason why so here's the thing she hasn't been on the sidelines for the last like three weeks and this the only reason why I even looked into this is because all of a sudden went this like yeah she's done on NBC it might not be her choice it might not be a retiring she was on The View recently uh, as like a sub guest and I guess got into an argument with Whoopi Goldberg about why you shouldn't need to teach racial differences in school. Shouldn't we get past that? 
and Whoopi's on the other side of the desk. Here's this podcast today, dude. And she's telling her, like, well, no, but it's America. So, yeah, you kind of do have to teach the past to teach this. And kind of put her in her place at that point. Michelle DeFoya was, to her credit, was like, you're right. Okay, you're right. Because she spent this time talking about, like, where her... My son was a friends with this black kid, and then he was friends with this Korean kid. But you know what? They grow up, and they all go into their own separate, you know... uh, groups and and sit and eat at lunch and stuff they like to be with each other kind of thing it's just normal like she was trying to make that argument and so i think that rubbed nbc maybe the wrong way or maybe people got an uproar i don't know i i'm totally speculating but uh it's the rumor out there it's what bill simmons you know the sports writers oh yeah kind of it's what his rumor is about this you know she came out she's like well has haven't the uh, we've been stopping and, and not making a big deal about race since the end of the Civil War? And everybody went, no, 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 Michelle. So that did, it wasn't love, good for her. You know. I love when everybody's like, we fixed this in the Civil War, right? All done. <laughs> After that, all done. Martin dun, Luther dun, King dun. was a rabble rouser, as we all know, right? Dust my it, hands. Yeah, it's that's brutal, man. I mean, you know... <laughs> You always hate to see somebody like, oh, you're going to lose your career over being fucking stupid. But at the same time, there's a lot of pretty smart people that could probably be a sideline reporter for NBC football. I, you, yeah. yeah. you got to like, be careful where you put uh, your opinions these days, I guess. And that's unfortunate. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm glad I know, you know? I'm glad I know where, where people's opinions are because of the things like Twitter and stuff that they can go off on. Whereas uh, instead I could be defending a lot of crazy people and not know, you know? <laughs> well, have I ever told you my favorite um, my favorite Wheel of Fortune story? <laughs> I can't remember. Your favorite. <laughs> I've heard a lot of your Wheel of Fortune tales, but your favorite? <laughs> you know me. Big on, on Wheel of Fortune. So Wheel of Fortune was run by Merv Griffin. He's like, you know, the father mm-hmm. of game show television. And, uh, you know, he was a, a known, like, fucking cheapskate. And... Vanna White, you know, he's like hanging out with a reporter and Vanna White calls him and is like, listen, I need a fucking raise. I need a fucking raise. I'm the star of the show. Um, I need a raise. If you don't give me a raise, I'm going to walk. And Merv Griffin just coolly goes, Vanna, think about what it is you do for a living and call me back with an apology. And he hangs up the fucking phone. And two minutes later, Vanna White called him back and apologized. And he's like, all right, have a good day, Vanna. Honestly, fucking sideline reporters, think about what it is you do for a living. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. You, it's not that fucking hard. I mean, well, Tony Siragusa a, did it for a Dan, long time. You and me are performers and stuff, but we're not very we're not as nice on the on the eyes, I think, as what they're looking for for those, so they haven't they haven't booked us yet, but there's a lot of people that freeze up and that's that's a lot of eyes on you uh live on camera most most of the time. You know, and then running down the athletes and stuff on the sidelines. I don't. I'm not going to make it a, a cushy job. I'm not going to say that it's a, a cakewalk for them. Listen, um, between you and I, Scott, I'm yeah. the only one on here with a face for radio. You could do it, my friend. <laughs> I, you could uh, you're it. see, you're being too kind. Uh, age is catching up with all of us. <laughs> um, let's continue on. Super Bowl Fifty Eight. That's uh, L V I I I has been moved. Now, this took me for a second to go, well, wait a minute, what Super Bowl are we on? So real quick, Dan, what Super Bowl are we on? Hot seat. Uh, uh, Super Bowl 50 was Peyton. That was 
six years ago. It's 56. Nice. 56, which is LVI. Super Bowl LVI is this year, 56 in SoFi in LA. That makes Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. Super Bowl 58, it was going to be in New Orleans in the Superdome, but it has to be moved now. That goes to Vegas. Vegas is getting their first Super Bowl ever. And uh, it's because there was a conflict in New Orleans with Mardi Gras. Now, oh, yeah. and, and that took me a second. I was like, God damn, because losing a Super Bowl is a lot of money. It's a lot of, uh, oh, it's a lot of money going out of the city for that weekend. So, geez, what did you really screw up with New Orleans? And you find out it's Mardi Gras, and you're like, wow, that, that must be one big party. <laughs> and and well, it is, right? It's the biggest I, I have, I've always wanted to go. Yeah, I have never You know been. me. I don't drink. I'm not a, a fucking Dionysian sort of person, but I've always wanted to go to Mardi Gras. I don't want to like be down in the streets. I want to be above it and just watch the fucking the revelry. That's what I've mm-hmm. always wanted to do. So maybe but, when I'm get some more money than I have now. Yeah, but it must. Yeah, it must draw plenty of money and enough that they can say, uh, "Well, we can't have your Super Bowl." Uh, but they're going to get it the following year. They'll get it in 2025. New Orleans always has plenty of Super Bowls because, yeah, they can they can host it pretty well, I guess. And it's it's honestly, it's still really, really nice in uh, in New Orleans in February. Like, I've been a That's couple true. times. It's really nice. That, it's probably the better time to visit New Orleans than in, like, the summer. <laughs> Don't go in the summer. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, let's hang around with New Orleans. The trailer for the movie. Home Team came out this week. Dan, I shared it with you. You watched it. Home Team is a Netflix movie coming out. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, just pause the podcast, go watch, and then return. About Sean Payton and his ah, just unfortunate season where he got suspended from the league for cheating and trying to kill Brett Favre. No, he, tried, he got, listen, <laughs> there was a misunderstanding. It probably had to do with that awful villain greg williams and he he was found himself without a job so man did he not take it upon himself to get to know his family more coach his son's little league you know peewee football team little league (laughs) peewee football team and uh you know win back hearts of millions that's that's the uh pitch i think for home team am i close dan yeah the only way i can describe this trailer to what I assume is a full-length movie, <laughs> is unfortunate. <laughs> it is it is not a good casting <laughs> right out the gate with Kevin James. Kevin James is... Sean Taylor Payton. Lautner's in it. What the <laughs> fuck is Taylor Lautner doing? How did Taylor Lautner become part of the, the fucking crew? Oh, when did he that was available. He's no, no, available. but he's... He's been in some like Adam Sandler shit, like the uh, yeah. That's what this Western. is, I guess. Yeah, this yeah, is a what? Sandler thing without. It's a Happy Sandler. Madison. Happy what Madison. are we doing? I I don't understand this. Whatever. I mean, I've always liked Kevin James as a performer. I like the guy. Seems like a nice dude. But man, this movie looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> it looks. I don't know. It looks awful, and I'm just not looking forward to them making him a hero, uh, a martyr, yeah. or whatever. And that's what it seems like. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's at like. Maybe, you know, 45, 50 minutes in after a couple like Pratt Falls and Rob Schneider shows up doing something mildly gay or racially offensive. Um, they just really quickly have Kevin James' character just pop an inordinate amount of Percocets and just be like, oh, fuck, <laughs> and then uh, cheat on his wife. I think that'd be 
And then I'm like, oh, okay, now this is this has captured the tone of the man. He's getting kicked out of the 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 league for the year, and it's it's just yeah, it's just a hunched over Greg Williams in the back, just cackling. I gotcha. <laughs> oh my Greggy's god. revenge. Anyways, let's jump into week fourteen. We're here. Let's, go. let's talk about week fourteen. Um, like I said, no more buys. We have some Saturday games to get you ready for. So get your picks in early. And uh, I think the thing about the week that we just had, Dan, is tale of two halves. Oh, man. Uh, yes. You went to halftime watching one game. You came back and went, no, no, no. This is not This is not what I left. Something My game was like that. I know your, yeah, your game was like that. Both of ours, not, not really at the half, but closer to the end. Momentum, boy, when it shifts. Look out, you know, that swings its way around. Swinging. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, let's – we had two overtimes. I want to start with a one. Uh, let's start with the game of the week. The, the bigger the overtimes, I think, is the two teams that uh, it was a heftier bout. Bills, Buccaneers, Bills 27, mm. Buccaneers 33. I picked this one. I got you on this one, Dan. Um, this is a good one, though. Yes, Josh Allen – uh, pretty strong game, over 300 yards passing, two touchdowns. He also ran for over 100 yards and ran one in. But again, Brady threw for 360-some uh, and two touchdowns and ran one in himself. Uh, Brady was was running it a bunch here like he was trying to prove something. Um, it was 10 nothing Buccaneers to start. Um, and then two more touchdowns in the second quarter after a short Bills field goal where they settled for it. It was 24-3, to three, Buccaneers at the half, and then everything changed again. Yeah, I mean, this this game went absolutely fucking bananas um, when Josh Allen went, like, superhero. He went full fucking superhero in the second half. The They've never really had a run game <laughs> uh, no. all year. So Devin Singletary actually had a decent game. He had 52 yards on four carries because it got to the point where the Bucks were basically playing prevent defense for a whole half. Um, and Josh Allen was capitalizing. Nobody should be able to with uh, – we always talk about Josh Allen runs like a fucking deer. Like he runs like a brand-new baby deer. Mm-hmm. But, man, he was gashing them for huge, huge runs. And also Brady uh, had a couple good runs too. That was He had like yeah. one little impressive scramble. Good for him. Yeah, he um, shook a guy. He was, yeah, he was getting out of the pocket. He was, you know, making those little like dink and dunk two yard runs and and ripped off a nice one. Um, I I get really worried about Buffalo's defense. Um, you know, they tightened up in the second half, but you worry about. We always talk about it. First half game plan, second half talent. So, what sort of defensive game plan was Buffalo coming in there with? Because it was shitty. Yeah, no, that's true. They they Tampa like to throw it all over the field on him in this one. And then um, they jumped out to the big lead and well, whatever they did, they made adjustments in the second half, right? Because it held Tampa to just points after regulation, right? It was 20, no field goal. And that was it. It was 27 to 10 with over 11 minutes left in this game. And that's when Buffalo went on the run. Most of their touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Um, they settled for a tying field goal when they could have won it at the end. They were pretty close down the field, kicked it with 25 seconds left, and then we went to 
27 all at the end of regulation. They also got the ball to start overtime. So even though they were down 24 to 3, they had opportunities to put this game away. And they didn't. And because they didn't, the Buccaneers were going to. And it kind of felt like that even even when the Buccaneers offense disappeared, it felt like, yeah, but if you don't put them away now, Brady's not gonna not gonna let this thing go. And he didn't. Perryman walk off from fifty eight yards out. And I, I think honestly, the thing that was most disappointing was that final drive where it it looked like on the third down pass that Diggs might have been interfered with, but it's yeah, could have been tough. But we talk about this. You play to win the game, and they didn't. They played to tie the game, and it didn't wind up working. It didn't wind up working. But I also understand where the logic came from. Of we have just for the past thirty minutes of game time torched this fucking defense, torched them, moving the ball at will. You go, all right, let's get this thing to overtime. Let's see if our defense can hold, and then when we get the ball back, we'll torch the defense again because we've got their number. Um, so I understand where they came from with it. I just, when the win is there, you got to go for it. I mean, I, I can't damn Sean McDermott for this because it was a great, great second-half corrections, great changes that he made. Um, obviously bad game plan, but he's also missing a bunch of defensive backs in this game, and they had to compensate for it in the second half. But you've got to take the win when you can take the win, especially for a team like Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. You cannot keep giving a team like that opportunities and chances to kill you. And they did, and it cost them. Yeah, that's what it felt like when they punted to him in overtime, unfortunately. Um, let's. So when moving on here, there's obviously no games to really connect with yet. We haven't talked about who the Buccaneers and Bills are playing next week, but... We can talk about two teams coming off a bye, and this is a big one for Saturday Night Football, the New England Patriots at the Indianapolis Colts. Let's just start off right there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Both teams off a bye, Belichick off a bye. Uh, Who do you like, Dan? So Belichick off a bye, strangely, not a lot different than Belichick off a normal week. It's not an Andy Reid, you know, Super Saiyan moment. Um the fact that this is in Indianapolis, this is a game that it feels like the Colts have to win. The Patriots don't have to win it. You know, with the sliding Buffalo has been doing, they've actually got a pretty good buffer there in the AFC East now, whereas the Colts are right in the thick of the wild card, and if they don't keep winning, they're going to slide out of this race. I think because of that, the Colts are tuned up, ready to go. You know, it's like when the Cowboys come to town. You know, it yeah. means a lot for the Cowboys. Oh, it means a lot for the team playing the Cowboys. doesn't mean as much for the Cowboys. It's the same thing when the Colts play the Patriots. doesn't mean nearly as much for the Patriots as it does for the Colts. I think the Colts will win a narrow one at home um, in primetime. I think it's going to be very, very close. Um, unless, of course, they have a huge COVID rash. And then who fucking knows? Um, remind me again the name of the GM there for the Colts. Uh, Chris Ballard. Yeah, who was on the mic and because... Oh, and the rivalry, it's back on. <laughs> that was Patriots. That was Patriots. Uh, I th- i think Patriots win this because Belichick's going to go in there and go, I'm going to take away your best guy. I'm going to take away Taylor. And you, and if Wentz beats me, Wentz beats me. But Wentz isn't going to beat me. And he's not. And, it, and I, I'm be excited to see it. But you, And you can't prove to me that the Patriots don't have something on the line here. They're tied with the Chiefs and they're tied with the Titans for that number one seed in the AFC. 
Belichick and the Patriots don't want to go to Kansas City in the playoffs. No, sir, no one does. They want to get that number one seed. So I think the Patriots go and win. Because you said Colts, right? I said Colts. And I'm going to give you one retort for uh, taking away Taylor. There was a team that beat the New England Patriots with a heavily featured RPO offense. And it just so happened to be the same offense that was coordinated by Frank Reich. The RPO is something that tends to give the New England defense fits. Yeah. So I'm that's one of the reasons why I'm picking Colts in this one is too. They are desperate. They need it. Patriots might be a little slack, um, especially after watching that Bills loss. But RPO, just I, that's all I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, let's continue on. Let's go to the NFC South. Let's jump all around. Uh, and I want to talk about the Falcons win in Carolina, 29 to 21. Falcons are still alive in the NFC. They're kind of burying these Panthers who damn put a tombstone on a few weeks back. But, yeah. uh, in this one, uh, young hook, young Waku, three field goals. Cam Newton started it benched in the late second half for PJ Walker it's obvious that they don't like what's going on there at quarterback, so Panthers are somebody to watch next year on having another new QB under center for sure. Uh, but this one was 17-7, Falcons at the half. Panthers scored quick in the third to bring it close again, so the game was tight through most of it. Um, oh, yeah, the, the Newton had a pick six right before the half, too, and that's what caused it. And then... Um, the uh, Falcons took the lead out uh, with a touchdown at the start of the fourth. They went for two and didn't get it, 26 to 14. A lot of weird times to go for two-point conversions this week, too. Uh, something interesting to discuss there. But, yep, the uh, uh, Panthers made it one score game, gave the ball to the Falcons, and the Falcons didn't give it back. Yeah, a game like this, uh, as dysfunctional as the Carolina Panthers quarterback room is, guarantees me two things. Um, it guarantees me that Sam Darnold is going to get cut uh, because they're going to go back to the well. This is, yeah, <laughs> yeah they have not had a good run uh, at quarterback. And he's got, next year, he's got his fifth-year option exercise. Do you know how much they need to pay him if they keep him? Darnold? Yeah. What? for? Yeah, first-round quarterback money, right? $19 million. Next year's his fifth-year option. He's cut. He's toast. Yeah. But it'll be good for him. He can rebuild his career somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, if I'm a veteran quarterback, the Panthers have a really, really good defense. A really good defense with a healthy Christian McCaffrey and maybe one more weapon on the outside. You're looking at a team that can really capitalize on an NFC South that soon is going to be without Tom Brady. Uh, already has got a reeling Saints team that don't have a plan at the quarterback position, and an aging uh, Matt Ryan. This yeah. is a great team. You know, Matt Rules put together a pretty good culture there. This is a great team if I'm a veteran quarterback looking for a chance to win one last one or at least get a deep run of the playoffs. Yeah, Carolina Panthers are a nice little destination. Uh, in this game, though, yeah, it, it looks like they're toast. You know, they're all the excitement of Cam has faded away, and you've started to see that the man is just a – an old rickety statue, uh, and it's it's kind of sad. I I hope he doesn't start another game so we can keep those fond Carolina Cam Newton memories. Right, yeah, kind of getting to that point now. He, yeah, he can still do the uh, little fullback runs with the ball at, at the goal line. He's, he's still one of the best at that, but standing there in the middle of the field and, and, and throwing the ball doesn't look great on him anymore. And, uh, 
yeah, Walker not so much either. Um, so the Panthers, yeah, offense though is a shell of what it's supposed to be uh, without McCaffrey and and a quarterback, things like that. Then then it's hard to see what this could be. And then uh, it, you still saw some flashes when the team was down. They trying to get back. Robbie Anderson across the middle, getting his head yeah. blown off by throws that should not be thrown for a team like this. So. It, it yeah, it just shows that they could do stuff, but they're not going to this year. And who knows if the Falcons can or not either. Uh, if they do, they're gonna they're gonna fall and kind of ass backwards and 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 be up for the second. You know, they'll have to go play yeah, wherever doesn't get home field advantage between <laughs> Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look they- good. They don't feel pathetic this year, which is actually a huge improvement, but they also don't feel dangerous. And going into the playoffs when nobody thinks you're dangerous, eh, it's it's a pretty good quicken out. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to – oh, well, the Panthers play Buffalo this week. They go to Buffalo. Obviously, I, I don't think we're giving the Panthers much of a chance in this one. Buffalo came off of a bad loss. Uh, Dan? Bad loss against a good team versus a tight loss against a mediocre team. I'm going to give it to the bad loss against a good team team. Um, yeah, I, I just think this is Buffalo's game. Buffalo has to win this one, mm-hmm. or it is an absolute fucking free fall. Buffalo has lost a lot over the last two months. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo might not make the playoffs. It's very tight there in the AFC, and to already have, what are the five losses they have? It's not yeah. going to be easy to, to get in from here. You might even need help. Six. If, six losses. Six losses. Thank you. I was going to say, it, it It was worse than I thought it was. So they need, yeah, they they don't get in, and it's going to be ugly there. You know, maybe Brian Dable doesn't get a head coaching job right away. <laughs> no, um, exactly. But we like the Bills in this one because they got the Panthers coming to town, and it's in Buffalo, and it's December. Maybe we get some weather. Uh, let's talk the other overtime game. The 49ers won in Cincy. They beat the Bengals 26-23. Dan, I got you on both these overtime ones yeah. this week. That's that's how tight these have been. It's picking uh, them tight. Yeah. Kittle had a big game, 13 catches, 151 yards, and a touchdown. The Niners' D was the big thing here. But, I mean, I give it up to the uh, Bengals. They fought hard. They came back because it was 20-6 49ers deep into the fourth quarter. You know, uh, once again, a, a week of teams that just didn't die easily, and that's all you're really asking for. Like this was not supposed to be the year that the Cincinnati Bengals are the cream of the crop. This was supposed to be the year that the Cincinnati Bengals showed strong promise. We are stone, on schedule yeah. for that. Yeah, Zach Taylor's job is safe. Um, you know, no matter what happens for the rest of the year, if they miss out on the playoffs, Zach Taylor's fine. If they make the playoffs, Zach Taylor's more fine um, and might even get a little extension. But uh, Joe Burrow looked good, especially in the second half. Uh, Joe Mixon uh, didn't use him a lot, but still very, very good. You're you're starting to see the Jamar Chase, that elite grade that we gave him, yeah. absolutely fucking worth it every time. The dude is unreal. I mean, we've had some really good rookie wide receiver seasons over the past five years this yeah. might be the best i've seen really okay last year's was pretty darn good too but yeah, okay I, I, <laughs> you, I know who i'm talking to and i know that's high praise but jamar chase's season this year i mean he could go on a run these next four games and, and we might be talking about you know 
we might be talking about offensive rookie of the year, and that's saying something because it's it's packed for offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah, but no, you're right. He had a great game. He almost brought in a nice diving touchdown. Just couldn't, but then he does take take one in where he's tight roping the back of the end zone there late. That was great. Um, Brandon Ayuk had the walk off touchdown uh, after the Bengals kicked a field goal in overtime. So again, this was not an overtime where the first team that got the ball won. So that's interesting too. Both overtimes took to the second team's drive. Um, yeah, great little dive from Ayuk, just tightrope walking the sidelines there and getting it in. So Niners escape with a win, a big one, because that keeps them even more alive in the NFC playoff race, which is kind of coming down to the wild card race after those divisional leaders. It, that's what it really feels like here. <laughs> and the divisional leaders are, you know, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Packers, and then between that Cardinals Rams race, one of them is going to be one of those wild cards. So there's not many other spots left and the Niners might just have that second wild card spot here. Yeah. There's only two wild card spots up for grabs in the NFC. There's only yeah. two. The one of there's Two in the NFC West, and then figure it the fuck out. Uh, and I think honestly, though, those last two are going to go to who's fucking up the least. Yeah. You know, you might you might not have a winning record. Uh, you know, you might have a team that's eight and nine making the playoffs in the wild card this year, um, which would indeed be a very wild card. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Forty ers go home. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons. This is an NFC West flashback game from before they realigned. That's right when the Falcons had to play NFC West teams. Uh, but you think Andre Risen in the red? Yeah, I remember Bad those moon. games. That's right. But uh, yeah, what do we think? Falcons at 49ers here. You know, we talked about it a little bit. They they kind of barely pulled one out. I know it's a division rivalry against the Panthers, but this is a good Niners team that is putting it together. They're at home. Falcons got to travel across the country. Running game travel, so the Falcons could pull this one out, but I feel good about the Niners at home. It's a big one for that those last two spots, like we just talked about. The Falcons want one of them. The Niners want one of them. Niners are in the best spot for one of them right now, but with a win, the Falcons switch that. I think they do. Um, yep. But I don't think they win. You're right. I, I like the Niners, especially I like the Niners in San Francisco for this one. Uh, I assume it's a, a later start for them too, so... I'm going to go uh, 3 o'clock. Yeah, I'm with you, San Francisco. All right, Dan, let's let's talk about your Cowboys game. Uh, they go into the nation's capital. They sneak out a win, 27-20. to 20. I only say sneak out because it was 24 to nothing at the half. Um, so uh, you, you, you say this all the time. It's strategy in the first half. T- what's it in the second half, Dan? Talent? Uh, well, I mean, devil magic sometimes. Um, we have to remember yeah. that. It honestly, what the second half very clearly was. Oh, we got these motherfuckers beat. It like you saw the entire defense kind of like take their foot off the throat. They were having a lot of fun when this thing was basically twenty-four to nothing. It was mm-hmm. like it's over. It's fucking over. It's twenty-four to nothing at the half. You know they had a big uh, interception return for touchdown. Uh, huge sacks by Micah Parsons. This thing was fucking over. But Dak made a couple bonehead fucking throws. Like, if we had lost this game, it would have rested squarely on Dak Prescott's shoulders. Mm. There were two absolute bonehead fucking interceptions. One of them, 
was a wild overthrow. Just like don't know where the fuck he was throwing that ball way over um, CD's head. And the second one was just a terrible fucking read trying to hit the uh, trying to hit the uh, tight end on a bootleg and wound up just throwing it directly to a linebacker that he didn't see was trailing. Those plays were lazy plays. The only reason those plays got made is because they had such a substantial lead. But man, did things tighten up way more than I wanted them to uh, near the end of this game. This this game, we owe the win to Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons absolutely went insane in this game. Knocked Taylor Heineke out, um, you know, fucked up Kyle Allen. He was fucking up all sorts of dudes, and I really, really loved it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the offense has not returned to form. Zeke's not healthy. Something feels like it's off with Dak. Um you know, the, all our wide receivers are back and they're all healthy. And for some reason it's not working. So I hope we get it back together. This is still a deadly offense, but we can't put another one of these effort out efforts out there. We will fucking lose. Yeah. I mean, you, they're like four field goals, but that also means it's settled for four field goals. Um, but it was, it seemed like a stranglehold of a game until the fourth quarter. And then they, the football team turned it on at that point. Uh, and that's, yeah, I seen it. I saw it all weekend, uh, teams that weren't going to go down without a fight that, that got some momentum and held on to it like dear life there at the end. Uh, couldn't believe that, uh, Allen kind of even kept them in it too. Once I saw Heineke getting helped off the field, I was like, well, this is the end of this comeback. Right. And sure enough, no. Uh, but it was nice because most of the other games at noon weren't that close. So I was kind of keeping an eye on this one. That was like the last one over too. Um, but, uh, yeah, you guys got the fumble at the end, ran out the clock, took the win, uh, looked like the better team from the beginning to end. Honestly, I think Washington has been kind of, you know, with this four game winning streak enjoying the smell of their own farts a little bit. They're, they're not as good of a team week to week. I mean, their stars are, you know, you're missing chase and stuff or not, uh, their defense there. So I everybody. don't, yeah, I don't really think they're going to keep this going. I think it's going to get tougher for them. They they do only really have to win games in their division left to, to do this. They got the Eagles twice and the Cowboys again and, and the Giants. That's it. That's all they got to go through. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's not a difficult route to, to make it in the playoffs for Washington, but uh, it, the Cowboys showed that they weren't going to make it any easier with their home game here this weekend. No, this uh... – yeah, this really put a hamper. Like Washington was like, "We want Dallas. We want Dallas." <laughs> no, you fucking don't. Oh yeah, you didn't you guys want that shit at all. Brought your own, uh, brought your own uh, seats. The we benches. rented local benches. What's we this? rented local benches. Uh, it wasn't ours. We didn't bring them all the way from Dallas. That would have oh, been they petty. Didn't, they didn't put on the plane for it. Okay. They didn't get put on the plane. They were local benches because everybody was like, Washington's benches for visitors are bullshit. <laughs> so, you know, they're like, Washington is the cheapest fucking team in the universe. Uh, holy shit, bring your own benches because the heaters don't work. Uh, I mean, that I'm was what the Cowboys heard. Yeah, makes Dan Snyder look like an idiot some more and, and that organization just yeah. kind of look backwards then. I'm for it, sure. It was it silly really does. to it's see like him Dan Snyder's that. a cheap fuck. Yeah. Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, that's all over them. Uh, Washington goes to Philly. They're playing the Eagles. We're going to bring this up. Washington playing that division. This is an interesting one. I think this could be coin flip of a game. Uh, Dan, I assume you'll pick it one way. I pick both teams 
to lose. <laughs> Pick them both to lose. Like an old 1990s WWE match. Uh, or actually, no, WWF. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Somebody's going to come in here, pin both these teams, and get a win. <laughs> and uh, let it be the Giants. I don't fucking care. Uh, I think, yeah, I think this, with the injuries, with the COVID stuff, Washington's not a terrible team. They're really not. I'm, they're a hard-fighting team. They've got a lot of damage at skill position players. But uh, with the amount of guys they're missing from COVID, I, I got to give it to Philly, unfortunately. Um, this is the one time all year that I've actually picked the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I got this, yeah. Yeah, Washington adds eight more players today. So it is a big list uh, growing here for Washington. I don't know who the players are, though, that are on COVID, or if they're, you know, big-named players and stuff well, like one's, that or not. But one's Kyle Allen. One's Kyle, one is Kyle Allen, Allen, one's Montez Sweat. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, that seems like some big names then. Um, it's in Philly, too, and Philly desperately needs yeah. it to stay alive. And I think uh, that that balloon that's been filmed for Washington probably got a little deflated last week with the loss at home. So I'm with you. I like, I think Philly wins this one and just makes it a big old mess there at the bottom. Um, <laughs> let's put one more game. Let's just sneak it in here before the two minute in the break, because it, it could go in two minute, no offense, but we uh, never talk about these teams. Saints jets saints, uh, beat the jets 30 to nine. <laughs> really? Really? It wasn't, it, it isn't as bad of a blowout as the score says. No. I mean, it was 13 to six saints into the fourth. It was 10, six at the half, but yeah, this was a game with a lot of field goals. Uh, it's just the saints finally had Alvin Kamara back. Yeah, this was a game. This was a game unlike all the others, where at the end the Saints were like, "Step on their fucking throat." Uh, <laughs> yes, that's true. That was different. That's a, that's exactly what happened in the fourth quarter. I mean, seventeen points in the fourth quarter. It was fucking over. Um, yeah, this Jets team is not very good. This New Orleans team is very average, and uh, sometimes in the NFL that becomes a huge point difference. But yeah, I think these are more evenly matched to your point than the final score. Um, I I. Don't I'm not as worried, honestly, about Zach Wilson as too many people are. I mean, he is mm-hmm. a fucking rookie, but he seems like he's out there. He's got all the arm talent in the world. He's making better decisions. Um, he needs more talent around him. Yes. But uh, yeah, I think I think Zach Wilson's gonna be a fun player. I think I think that was a good pick by the Jets. A better pick than Darnold for sure. It's like Zach Wilson sitting there, and they're like, "What do you mean he's not performing? We got you. Look." And it's like Corey Davis sitting over there, and he's just shrugging. And then, you know, ask Marcus Mariota how fun that was. That didn't work. It doesn't work. So, yeah, when, you're, when your lead receiver is Braxton Berrios. Yeah. Let's yeah. not lay that on the quarterback. So, yeah, Jets are very – yeah, give him a chance. I agree, too. He's a rookie. Give him a chance. Um, you know, the Saints have their heir apparent with Taysom Hill, two rushing touchdowns. The man's going to run him all the way to the Super Bowl this year. And then, you know, in home team two, Kevin James will, you know, rent a uh, summer cabin with Taysom Hill and teach him how to play quarterback. That'll be how that that's, you know, movie rolls. I'm sure of it. It's already being pitched. The part of Taysom Hill will be played by David Spade. (laughs) Perfect casting. Yeah, man. Uh, You can do a spade if you were. You can do a spade. Yeah, I can do a spade. Um, no, but this uh, leads us to talk about a very important game for next week, and that's why I push this in here, and that is Jets-Dolphins. Yes, Jets at <laughs> Dolphins. It happens twice a year, and you all must pay attention. 
it's not uh, an important game. But Dan, who would you pick? I'm picking the Dolphins, and I, we're joking about this. The Dolphins are not out of it. No. <laughs> the Dolphins are not out of this thing at all. The Dolphins could actually go on a weird run here and wind up with 10 wins. Sure. Sure. I know that I know that sounds bizarre, but they can... I mean, listen, we all believe they can probably pick off the Jets here. And then the Saints, who knows? Hmm. Tennessee might be playing for nothing, and the Patriots might have everything wrapped up. I, it's a tough road to hoe. But it's very, very possible. They might wind up winning 10 games here. Um, it's also more likely that they'll win like seven. <laughs> and their final win is against the Jets. Yeah. They've got to they gotta catch teams like the Browns, Colts, Bills, those bubble ones right now. But uh, hey, at least they're showing up. It's, it was a very depressing and pathetic Dolphins season until the last like, five weeks. But uh, I agree with you. They're going to keep it going. They're going to get a win here uh, against the Jets. And uh, feel a little better and keep yeah. the dream alive one more week. And Sunday night football is the New Orleans Saints going to Tampa. They're playing the Buccaneers. Uh, what do we like in this one? So the Buccaneers are a very strange team to me recently. Um, the Buccaneers can run. They can pass. They can do every single thing. But for some fucking reason, I'm going to pick the Saints. Oh. I can't. I don't know what it is, but something deep within my heart says I feel like this is a weird Saints win. Um, This is the first, we talked about it, this is the first year where the NFL has felt fixed to me. Mm. And I feel like a New Orleans win here kind of proves it. Uh, That they're like, oh, the Saints are still in this fucking thing and the uh, top seed in the NFC is still up for grabs. Still something to play for in week 18. It just seems too perfect. So I'm going to weirdly pick the Saints on the road, beating these Buccaneers, who I think will not be ready for Taysom Hill. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's my there's my weird random pick of the week. It's home team three. That's what you just pitched there. That's Or it's the it's the climax of home team two. It's the win against Tampa. And Tom Brady <laughs> plays himself, obviously. Um, I Well, I'm picking... Tampa. I'm taking Tampa because I think, um, you know, uh, we've seen Fournette getting going, and yeah, it's. I'm almost seeing playoff Lenny. It's like um two a month in advance here, and it's like nobody yeah. tell him it's not it's not playoffs yet because the guy is running like a beast possessed, and so I think Tampa takes control of this game, takes control of the ball, and uh, the Saints have been doing fine, but like we saw in this Jets game, they they settled a lot for field goals early, and the Jets just didn't capitalize and take advantage like the Buccaneers probably will. So I think Tampa takes it, but you're right. It's like the NFC South to to lose games at home against divisional rivals. It really is. So I could see it happening. I'm just not going to pick it. So I'm going opposite you there. Totally reasonable. (laughs) Let's take a break, folks. And when we return, the two-minute no offense and the rest of the games from Week 14, getting you ready for a full slate. Week 15, Saturday and Sunday. This is the push-off. Mother, don't you recognize your son? Oh, mother. 
you everybody for sticking around right where you're at. We're back from the break. It's time for that two minute no offense. Because no offense, but the season's winding down and uh, the differentiators are apparent every single week and perhaps uh, you kick the shit out of somebody. Perhaps you got the shit kicked out of you, but you find yourself here in the two minute no offense. That's right. And my apologies, uh, looking at it now, to the AFC West. Oh no. Dan, start that clock. Oh, good. Turbo go. All right, we're going to talk about the shutout. Titans, 20. Jaguars, nothing. Wow, Jaguars. Uh, yeah, the Jaguars are pathetic. Urban Meyer needs to fucking resign. Yeah. Because uh, nobody's going to fire him with how much money he's got left on that thing. We'll spend some time on the Urban Meyer thing maybe for the next week's game. But this was 10 nothing Titans at the half, and then they just put 10 more on in the second half. Lawrence threw four interceptions. I think they just, yeah, felt sorry for him. Woof, it was a rough one. Titans dominate the chargers beat up on the giants 37 to 21 yeah the, i mean this is exactly what the chargers needed to do this is what the giants are going to have happen and, and this is this is what's supposed to happen the score wasn't even really as close as it was it was 24 to 7 charges at the half uh we got mike lennon in again and i said last week why are you doing this to me uh, herbert threw three touchdowns he looked very good uh, Chargers look strong in this one as they're supposed to. Moving on, the Broncos beat up on the Lions, thirty-eight to ten. The Lions were perfectly fine to get the shit kicked out of them in this one. They're like, they're like, we had an emotional one last week. You guys are having an emotional one this week. Congratulations, take the win, stay alive in the AFC West. Yep, and that eliminated the Lions from playoffs too. Um, no, ah, oh, my parlay. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, not a, not a good one. And then finally, let's, yeah, complete talking about the AFC West with the Chiefs' domination of the Raiders, 48-9. to Oh, man, the Raiders have been very interesting this year. They like getting kicked out of the playoffs with emphasis. <laughs> uh, this was fucking brutal. This was like, yeah, th- this was like getting into a fight with your older brother, and, you know, you're like, you beat him pretty good like a week ago, and then he's like, no, nah, you know what? I'm just going to fucking knock you out, like fully the fuck out. Hmm. Kansas City, oh, that's the time. Uh, that's the time. Kansas City fucking destroyed them from open to close, boat race this fucking team all the way through. Uh, Carr could not do anything. Uh, they could not do anything offensively. Josh Jacobs couldn't run. Uh, they abandoned the run somewhere in the second quarter. It was a scoragami. 48 to 9. Never what? happened before. So that's, so, yep, score got me there. 35 to 3 at the half. So this was not one where the team came back in the fourth. No, sir. Um, no. But again, yeah, didn't realize it. Sorry, uh, AFC West. We Let's spend some time on your games for next week. How about the Cincinnati Bengals going to Denver to play the Broncos? These are two teams that uh, you can argue are both still very much alive in that AFC. So uh, who do we think comes out? out of this one so this is huge i mean they're both seven and six both right on the outside a win for either of these teams gives a huge boost to their playoff chances i've been a big cincy fan all year i'm gonna keep being a big cincy fan even on the road um i i think that this defense will wake up get some pressure on teddy bridgewater um although javante williams has been running like a bastard um, I'm going to pick Cincinnati to go on the road and beat the Broncos. 
Yeah, it's a very tough. It's a it's a very tough thing here because I like Cincy as maybe one of those teams that could be deadly in the playoffs if they got in there because they can run it, they can throw it, they got some youth there. They mm-hmm. they could be exciting, but you look at their that ra- the the rest of their way, and you know that a lot of these games at the end of the year ends in division, and the AFC North is probably the toughest. So. It's not going to be easy for Cincy. They really need this win, and one of the toughest places to play is in Denver. So really, yeah, it gives me pause to take who I think is the better team, and that's Cincinnati. Um, I'll go with you. I think I like the Bengals team better on, on paper, so I'll take them even in Denver. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be very tough. But I think, you know, Jamar Chase, like he's, he's been playing great. Uh, Low-key... Um, Joe Mixon is maybe being a top five back this year with yeah. the injuries. I don't, and I don't think it's too low key anymore. He's been great. Yeah. Um, so we also I'm get to you. see uh, Jamar Chase versus uh, one of the Sertain. better. Yeah, one of the better rookie corners in the league this year. So this should be a fun matchup. Yeah. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys are going to New York to play the Giants, and not even on prime time. <laughs> what are we liking this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no way they're going to flex <laughs> New York getting throat fucked. Um, yeah, if, <laughs> if you want to talk about a get-right game, um, I feel I feel like two things are going to happen. You're going to have, like, in a darkened fucking New York alleyway, you're going to see, like, a hooded figure enter, and Jerry Jones enters, you know, obviously in, in Boston light and strippers, and, uh, you know, he'll be like, uh, I hear you have information for me. <laughs> and then from underneath the hood claps a red-headed man and goes I've got all their secrets as Jason Garrett gives away all of New York's offensive secrets to the Dallas Cowboys just to give our defense an extra oomph and push um <laughs> and then somehow he joins our front office I don't fucking know but uh either way I think this is a huge win for the Dallas Cowboys gets us to 10 wins makes us a you know basically locks up the division for us um I think this is great I I'm fucking stoked Cowboys uh, had some injuries in the last game. We lost, uh, was it Tyron Smith there at some point? And Lemon, yeah. and then Tony Pollard didn't play. But on the other side of the ball, it's the Giants that are just hampered by injuries right now. It's it's going to be another Glennon game, right? It's going to be another Glennon game, and it's going to be a Micah pin your ears back game. Um, yeah. If, if you want to be the first defensive rookie to win the defensive player of the year since Lawrence Taylor, you might want to do it in Lawrence Taylor's house. Yeah, yeah, and very well. Yeah, uh, Saquon's already making com- uh, conversation that he's like him and reminds him of him. So, oh boy, here we go. Um, yeah, I like the Cowboys too, obviously. I think they're going to take care of business in New York. And then we have Thursday Night Football kicking off this week. Chiefs at Chargers. Uh, L.A. can play Kansas City pretty strong from time to time, but sometimes we think that about the Raiders. <laughs> that didn't happen this year. Uh, Kansas City almost feels all the way back. Do the Chargers have a chance in this one on a short week? Thursday night, home game for them. What do you think? I think that's the difference Thursday night. It's a home game. It's a short week. Andy Reid, you give him enough time to plan, he feels good. Andy Reid, you don't give him enough time to plan, he doesn't have enough time to digest that full six-course rib dinner he has every Tuesday. So (laughs) I'm going to say the indigestion is going to get to Andy. Chargers win this one at home. Ooh, Chargers win that one. I I can't take it because 
the Chiefs are now in my head as as just as good as they've always been. They've done that the last uh, month, and now it's it's embedded in there. So I'm gonna take Kansas City, but you're right; it, it doesn't feel easy because it's it's a short week, and home teams on a short week sure look good. Uh, but I'll take Kansas City. But let's segue into home teams on a short week looking good. Last Thursday, let's go all the way back to it because I'd like to relive it just once more. Uh, Vikings 36, <laughs> Steelers 28. I don't get a lot of these wins, but this was a win. Um, Dan, you picked it. I did not. I uh, I did not give my, my Vikings the credit. Um, my brother has kind of been on pretty regularly this season on picking the Vikings here, and he, he thought they were going to win this one too. I should have given him more credit, but uh, they almost – they. They almost saw my side of that. Oh man, this yeah one. they they found a way to make that tight for you. Every week, every week they do. I should be used to it by now. But um, no, you texted me even at one point during this, like you must you must be enjoying this, and it was like I know that I I should be, but I just <laughs> am so worried about what could and it did happen. All right, so it I was... I think you did the same thing to me during the Cowboys game as revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe what? it was. This, this game was 23 nothing at the half. Um, Dalvin Cook was running in multiple touchdowns in the first half, and people were running free. It felt great. It was 29 to nothing Vikings until 2-11 left in the third, and that's when the Steelers got their first points in this game. So late, late third quarter, it was 29 to nothing. Um, there were blitzes where the offensive line looked at each other and they're screaming at each other. There were runs we had where Dalvin Cook didn't have anyone touch him for 20 yards, and the guy who tackles him gets up and starts screaming at each other. Roethlisberger going off the field and just looking dead eyes at uh, Tomlin like he's going to kill him. Like We had them just hating life in the first half, in the first three quarters, because even when we came back from half, and I was like, Here's where the Steelers come back with all this momentum out of halftime. They didn't. It was blind sacks and stuff and, and all over the place. It was a uh, a second down screen that was blown up by our fourth cornerback, Boyd, who gets up and is so excited because he's the fourth cornerback and makes a huge play. That he flexed over the guy, and a year ago that would have been fine. But this is 2021, so there is an automatic first down for the Steelers. Kept that drive going that ultimately scored their first touchdown of the game. And from there, the next pass was a Kirk Cousins interception. And uh, the next thing I did was change the channel. (laughs) I changed it. (laughs) Live watching this game on Thursday night, I go, I seen this. I seen this. I don't like it. I don't care to watch it again. It's um, okay. I got to think of a good uh, segue here. It's uh, there was this movie. Oh, I'm gonna ruin it. So I'm not Is gonna. This I'm a not gonna go film. Pick yes, snuff film. Yeah, basically like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, somebody sat you down and like, this is me killing somebody. You're gonna watch it, really sick, like, and they're like, <laughs> no. 
you know what? I, I don't have to. And like, shoot, well, I should have tied him up or something. He just got up and left. <laughs> I did. I mean, I, this guy's still going to die. You're like, I know it. I just don't want to be around for it. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, I'm going to go back and watch all these highlights and live through it once I know how the thing ends, but I'm not going to invest my time in my evening that was doing so well, enjoying so much of it, into watching this thing fall apart. So I walked away for a bit. I came back and they were uh, gave up another touchdown and were punting it already. Walked away for a bit more. We got that touchdown, make it 36. So I, I came back and I watched basically the last. I mean, there wasn't even that much game time I missed in that time because the Steelers scored touchdowns so fast. And it's not even that they do, drove long fields. The interceptions just turned into them. So finally, I, I came back and watched the end of it. Uh, God bless it, Harrison Smith because <laughs> even after all of it, they had a chance there. Uh, ben Roethlisberger throws that pass into Fryermuth in the end zone, and if if Harrison Smith doesn't swing his fist and smack it at just the right spot, at just the right point, they're converting that two point conversion, and we're going to overtime. <laughs> so i I said if we lost the Cowboys game, I would have laid it squarely on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. If you had lost this game, I would have laid this squarely on the shoulders of Justin Jefferson. Yeah, because of that first interception bouncing off. Well, the first interception, he had about five drops in this game that were critical, like huge momentum-stopping drops. Um, it, it's the first time I can remember him just like kind of completely losing it in the second half. Hmm. Um, first half, he was dominant, he was running all over the place. It seemed like he really lost focus, um, especially I know that ball was tipped on the one that uh, that was picked. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the second half, but yeah, I mean, that's Justin Jefferson. You're supposed to come down with that or pat, like get that thing fucking down. Um, you know, can't be batting it up in the air. Yeah. A couple, yeah. A couple strange drops by him. I, I hope he can get it back together. Um, I, I don't rescind my tombstone, mm. but I see some fractures in the concrete. Uh, so it's, it's really tough. Minnesota's in a really tough spot, but they're only a game out of the wild card. Still, this was not, a div- this was not a conference win, so it won't help them too much. But being six and seven is way better uh, than being five and eight. Yeah, I want to. Even watching that that game, it was like, well, it's, th- it's Thursday night, and it's not like there's another game I could watch, and I'd probably have the game on of whatever game it is, kind of thing. You know, after after that Lions loss, it, it kind of felt like, what's the point? Kind of feeling for the season. So I'm watching this game, and they started with such a good start that you know all of a sudden you're you're on the edge of your seat and you're watching it again like this is fun that's right now i remember what fun football is and they slowly tore that away again and so after the game talking to my family i was like this was the only win i could possibly see where it left me with no extra uh credit given to them no extra feeling yeah. of oh my god they're gonna they're gonna fix this it's like no i still believe they are the as hollow and as uh we have to play to the end of every every game second left you know thing everywhere we are but you're right i the interceptions uh hardly the second one didn't feel like it was great for kirk because the receiver slipped, but uh, the first one you're right was a little tipped. But I don't know. Kirk kind of threw that in there pretty hard, deep into he coverage did. too. So yeah, everybody was a little bit of fault there. But I know the Jefferson drops you're saying too, and those were out of character. Um, 
Dalvin had a great game. Give it up for him and oh, coming yeah. off of 10 days away from separating his shoulder and being carted off in deep pain. And then the deuce is wild. 222 total yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. If they had lost this game, it would not have been Dalvin Cook's fault. <laughs> right. Um, there's a lot of talk about whose fault it was on the Steelers, and Claypool's name comes up a bunch. And it's because he uh, had a um, uh, taunting call on him earlier in it where he's sticking his finger in a guy's face and don't need to do that. And then the fourth down and four slant he catches. You, you've you heard this. They've been talking about it on all the oh, sports yeah. shows. Catches it, gets up. Mark's first down, and the clock's a ticking, and the clock's a ticking. So one of his offensive linemen takes offense to that, runs over, tries to get the ball out of his hands. The hell are you doing, man? Um, and that leaves the ball to get dropped and roll down the sidelines a ways, and uh, they lost a good extra maybe five, six seconds there that they really could have used for more shots in the end zone at the end. So a lot of that has been in the microscope. Um, I don't know if you saw it or not, Dan, but there's videos of it. And when the two uh, are there fighting over the ball, the Steelers players, Eric Kendricks is right there. And I think he takes the opportunity to swat at it, knock it out of their hands and shove it down the field. Heads up, man. I, I was just so glad we didn't get the flag there for, uh, cause that would be delay of the game on defense there. If they saw exactly what happened. Oh, it was a, it was a shot. He took a shot. Uh, you know, Sometimes when you gamble, you win big, and I thought that was a great decision. Uh, you know, it's like the old Tony Romo kicking the ball forward a little bit, like just kind of hoping they don't notice it. Yeah, this I can't blame Chase Claypool because he once again had a pretty good game, and this is a Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin led team. Uh, but Claypool got himself benched a couple times. Incredible talent, him and Deontay Johnson and James Washington. What a like honestly, what a one-two-three combo for wide receivers. Um, I, I think with a better quarterback, um, they, they maybe would have won this game earlier on. Like Ben looked fucking awful this mm. whole time. Um, if you guys had any better of a pass rush, um, he would be in the fucking hospital. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's as much time as we need to spend on a game that happened nearly a week ago. Just you guys give me True. this a little bit. Cause I don't know if we're going to win another one this year. So let me have it. Um, let's talk about the Titans playing in Pittsburgh this week. Titans at Steelers. I'm going to go with the Titans. Um, The Titans, for some fucking reason, just keep... (laughs) They're, like, completely hollowed out and keep seeming to win. Um, The Steelers will play them tight because the Steelers play everybody tight. And uh, I think the Tennessee Titans will come out with a a narrow, narrow win and secure their spot um, as the lead of the AFC South. Because, you know, like I said... The Colts are going to win it, but it's they need to keep a distance. It's it's still going to be a two game lead with three to go. Yeah, the uh, the Titans haven't nearly given me as much uh, world beater attitude as they have in the past. I mean, with since Derrick Henry left, they still found ways to win for a bit there, and they beat some good teams, but then lost to the Texans and the tight win over the Saints at home. This is a tough place to play too in Pittsburgh, so it's not going to be easy for them. I don't want to pit pick Pittsburgh though I know they have plenty of problems on their own and the Titans certainly have a better lineup so I like the Titans in this one I'm going to pick the Titans to win as well I'm going I'm with you 
Uh, let's talk about the other game from NFC North. Uh, this was the Monday Nighter. Chicago Bears 30, Packers 40. Excuse me, Sunday Nighter. Yeah, Sunday night. Packers 45. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, what are you going to do? He still owns them. 341 yards and four touchdowns. Mostly to Devontae Adams, 10 for 121 and two touchdowns. But, I mean, the Bears showed up early in this one and, again, mm-hmm. gave the first half. They 10 nothing uh, started. Packers jumped up, took the lead. Bears took it back at the half. They were up 27-21. They were going to go bout to bout, but then immediately the Packers started switching this over, and by the fourth quarter, it was 38-27. to Packers. Yeah, this uh, – I'll give Matt Nagy credit. Um, had a good game plan in the first half, and the Packers made a ton of adjustments and basically shut them the fuck down for the entire second half. You have a team that produced 27 points and then produced three. Yeah. Uh, that's that's good coaching. Um, that's good coaching and bad coaching. So, um, yeah, I, I got to give credit to Chicago for – coming in with a good plan and I got to give credit to Green Bay for making great adjustments and Chicago couldn't quite adjust uh, nearly as fast on defense it was kind of a it was a fun exciting game to watch the second yeah. quarter of <laughs> and then a lot of scoring yeah and then the Packers slowly pulled away in the second half you're like all right yeah this is what I thought the whole game was going to be so yeah the Bears just didn't have the the momentum and the the push to do it all game but they were in it uh, the muffed punt would have been different if the guy didn't run out of bounds. The, they <laughs> True. punt the ball so late in the game, and it felt like kind of a give-up thing, and they immediately recover it. And you're like, oh, look at this, but nope. And then um, I, I will – yeah, sorry, go ahead. Do you do you remember when we were down in uh, Tennessee and we uh, you and I raced? We did the 40-yard dash. Oh, sure. And, uh, and we were neck and neck. Okay. And then about 20 yards so. into it, we were neck and neck. All right. And uh, <laughs> I'm an athlete. And so <laughs> we were neck and neck for about 20 yards, and then I completely fell down and ate shit. Yep. <laughs> That's what this game felt like, except I was the Bears. <laughs> we were like, oh, he's giving it a go. Oh, man, he fell down. Okay, good. Yep, that's what we thought was going to happen. So we can move on and make peace with this. Um, yeah, last last Bears points with the 43-yard field goal with a little bit of time left. They recover the onside kick, but uh, – then the interception on that fourth down. Um, I think they need to change the rules where if you recover that onside kick on a bounce like that, you can take it all the way into the end zone because that was like, so like, Oh, bears got it and they can't advance it. They got to take it all the way back and start it there. Listen, onside kicks are tough enough. Let them do it. <laughs> Let them do what they need to do, man. That's more onside kicks. I'm, I am bummed by the reduction in onside kicks. It makes the end of games way less exciting. Right. Um, so this leads us to the Monday Nighter. Uh, my Minnesota Vikings at Soldier Field, primetime against the Bears. Vikings at Bears. So I know that you believe that Soldier Field is a devil field. Mm. Um, especially primetime. Yeah, yeah. For your Vikings. Kirk, not famous for his primetime wins. He did it last year there it sticks in my head but (laughs) i'm going to pick him to do it again Ooh, um i like justin fields i like the progress he's been making i i think chicago has a nice young quarterback prospect and good for them um but i'm gonna say that the vikings need this desperately bears are already toast um vikings are gonna come in here with a little extra juice and actually win one on monday night we do we need it 
I think we're the better team. I think we got more talent. I don't know if Thielen's going to play or not. I And if he doesn't, that leaves us very thin at wide receiver because D.D. Uh, Westbrook went on COVID list. So it's basically uh, just Osborne and um, Jefferson. I mean, Jefferson can do it all, though. I guess you could just throw it to yeah. him 15 times or whatever. He is enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're, we're banged up, but so is the Bears. Bears are quite banged up, too. And... I don't know. Their offense, though, uh, in, uh, in Lambeau scared me in the first half, and they've got some speedy guys there now all of a sudden. I want to pick my Vikings, but when was the last time they won a game that they absolutely need? You know, oh, they need it. No, that doesn't sound like my Vikings. Dan, I'm sorry. I'm going to go opposite them. I'm going to take the Bears. Uh, oh. My my brother, honestly, was kind of talking me into it, too, because he's been on it, and he's like, well, I'm not picking them to take the, you know, the win in Soldier Field, and you don't. You don't take the Vikings to win in Soldier Field. You just don't. The Bears even have Zimmer's number, you know, in games and against uh, in Minnesota and in upside down Chicago years, and the Vikings are trying to make the playoffs. The Bears have beat them, so I think yeah, I think they do it again in this weird weird season that it is, and kind of quell these chances the Bear, the Vikings have of of making it back, or you know, the Niners and Washington and all these other teams lose too, and so it's like, but Vikings. Still got another another chance. I'm yeah, not gonna. This, I'm not. This is. I'm I'm hearing a Vikings fan talk. I I understand. <laughs> I feel yep. this. Yep. And and this season is accumulating to my uh, outlook as it is as it is this day. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this. Was a good one uh, in the noon hour last week from the AFC North because the Ravens fought back, but the Browns win it 24-22. I didn't pick the Browns to win. Dan, you didn't pick the Browns to win, but do you know who picked the Browns to win? My mom. That's right. My mom knew they were going to win. I don't know if she knew Lamar Jackson was going to hurt or she did something to him. (laughs) I'm not arguing that my mom did something to to Lamar Jackson, no. Well, now I am. My goodness. (laughs) But he went out early in this one, carted off in like the first quarter, I think drive two for them. So it was a Huntley game. Give him credit, though. He he didn't have an outstanding game. He didn't have a Jackson number game, but he did a couple of plays like you would think that was Lamar Jackson out there darting around. It, it looked good. Um, he got Andrews going, 11 catches, 115 yards and touchdown. He got the rookie Bateman going. Bateman missed the first half of the season, and he's come in and looking like he's going to be a solid wide receiver mm-hmm. for years to come now, too. And Tucker three field goals, and that's what you do when you don't have your star wide receiver. You get in field goal range and you collect points. But this was all Browns early. Ten nothing at the end of the first. Seventeen nothing until an interception set up their first fifty yard field goal. Twenty four to six at the half. So Browns had all of their points in the first half, and then they held on for dear life in this game. Once again, tail of two halves. This. I give all the credit in the world for Tyler Huntley, who has this year proven that he is an excellent scheme fit backup there in Baltimore. Um, and is I don't think it's an insult to say he's a poor man's Lamar Jackson, because that's still pretty high praise. Um, these Browns looked good enough uh, to get it done. Nick Chubb not putting together the games I needed him as a uh, my fantasy workhorse. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, to me, is absolutely one of the breakout wide receivers this year. I don't know why more people aren't talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones this year. Uh, the mm-hmm. dude is like a legit top 10 wide receiver this year. It's kind of insane. 
Um, that being said, Baker Mayfield's on the COVID list <laughs> this week, um, yeah. and the Browns' playoff chances just took a huge hit. This was a huge win for them, especially with Lamar going down. But I don't know if they if they win this game if Lamar stays healthy. Um, and that's just how I feel about the Browns. I don't know if they're a real threat. Uh, they bought the brought the Ravens within a game, and this was huge for them. But I don't. I still don't see the Ravens losing control of that unless this Lamar injury is like multiple weeks. Yeah, no, the Browns disappeared in the second half, and that's that's to be worried um, because the Ravens are dealing with their own injuries too. So you can't just say that it's it's injury concerns for the Browns that they disappeared there. Uh, but they won it. That's big because they lost the one in Baltimore, so they split the series with these guys and they stay alive in this very, very tight division. Um, look at it now. Eight and five Ravens, seven and six, both the Browns and the Bengals, and then just a half a game behind us, the Steelers, with that pesky tie game with the Lions, six, six, and one. <laughs> so Browns, yeah, we're basically the bottom of the division right before this, and then this win puts them in second place and well within a chance of making the playoffs in the uh, AFC. So Huge. That, it's a razor's edge, folks. Um, let's talk about the Ravens next game. Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. I hope Lamar is healthy for it because the Green Bay Packers are coming down. Packers at Ravens. Hey, maybe we're seeing a uh, preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, well, it ain't a preview of the Super Bowl unless Lamar's in it, and I don't <laughs> think he's going to be. I, I think that no. injury is going to bother him for at least another week. I'm picking, unfortunately, the Packers to win this one on the road against the Ravens. Good defense, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still at the height of his powers. Yeah, I, whether Lamar plays or not, I was going to pick the Packers, but I didn't hear that he, if he is or not for sure, and I'm looking at the the news and nobody's saying anything, so that's probably not a good sign. Well, he hasn't practiced. He didn't practice today. He probably won't practice for the rest of the week. And, uh, you know, if you don't have 100% Lamar and you keep pushing it, don't RG3 this thing. Let sure. Lamar get healthy, otherwise you're dead in the playoffs anyway. Ankle sprain, and you still got two games left in division with Bengals and Steelers, so an out-of-conference one, yeah. just It just seems like Packers luck, doesn't it? Let's just call it Packers it luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you brought up the uh, Browns. Let's talk about their playing Saturday at 3.30. So right after our Thursday AFC West game, this is the earliest game we get on the weekend on Saturday. Um, Raiders at Browns. Baker Mayfield has a positive COVID test. He needs two negative ones to play. So right now he's technically not going to play. And it would be uh, Case Keenum getting the start. They even got uh, Mullen there too, and he'd be third, he'd be back up there. But also Stefanski tested positive for COVID today. Not only that, he's told the people that he even had his booster, and he's tested positive for that. So that's uh, scary in its own. Dang. But, yeah, so that's what we're dealing with here. So Stefanski still technically, if he's been through all that, could maybe still get back to coach. Mayfield, I don't know how – I don't know if he was vaccinated or not. I, At this point, I just assume all quarterbacks aren't. <laughs> I mean, Baker Mayfield is one of those guys where this season, I would not be surprised if he got the plague mm-hmm. uh, for the sort of injury season he's had. But So you're down Jarvis Landry, you're down Wyatt Teller, and Jedrick Wills. So that's two starting offensive linemen against a team that can rush the passer. Um, so I I can't pick the Browns with that many dudes missing or ill. I'm going to have to strangely take 
you know, I'm going to have to take the Raiders to keep themselves strangely in this, even after getting absolutely destroyed by the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Raiders. I'm going to take the Browns at home. I like uh, Cleveland, even if it's uh, Case Keenum playing against these Raiders. I think uh, they control the ball. Uh, Nick Chubb's back. Browns will uh, Browns will win this one, so I'm going to pick obviously on this one. But yeah, two well six and seven versus seven and six. If the Raiders win this, they're right back in it, mm-hmm. uh, and they need tough to. still. Yeah, both teams need it. It's a playoff game on Saturday. How about that? That's exciting. <laughs> playoff Saturdays. Yeah. All right, we got a couple more games to talk about. Let's talk about the NFC West. Uh, let's talk about Monday night. The LA Rams win a big one in Arizona. 30 to 23. Dan, you got this one over me. I went with Carolina or Carolina cut Arizona. Uh, it's getting that time of night. Um, <laughs> Stafford, three touchdowns, obviously Cooper cut man, 13 catches, 123 yards. And, uh, Rams kicker, uh, gay had three field goals, three for three. Donald end the, ended this one. He had three sacks in this game. Um, Cardinals seems for the most part healthy, uh, except uh, it seems like Hopkins is going to be out now for the the remainder of the regular season, they're saying. Hopefully he'll be back for postseason. They were getting huge pressure up the middle on Kyler Murray. Um, which, it's Aaron Donald. <laughs> I mean, it's Aaron Donald. And if you're a short guy, I mean, I, this is not to knock Kyler Murray's height, but if you're a short guy and you're getting pressure up the middle constantly, you can't see shit. Mm. Like, straight up, you can't see shit. Because if you get that offensive lineman backed up even like a foot or two, you basically have to play from deep shotgun the entire game to even have a chance. And so this one looked very much like, you know, like the Rams. It was a great game at the half, and then the Rams came out and just absolutely took it uh, for the second half to start the second half. It was great. Um, Arizona, though, didn't stop fighting. Uh, Stayed with it, scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. I... I think without DeAndre Hopkins, they are not they are not the cream of the crop in that division. With DeAndre Hopkins, I I can't pick them losing to anybody. Um, but AJ Green is not the player that he once was, and I just don't see, you know, with Hopkins being hampered, I just don't see them being as threatening uh, on the offensive side of the ball. It's funny. I've been saying I thought I've been saying for years that AJ Green is you know done, but lately he's been making me think otherwise and there was that pass play and i know you saw it in this game where uh murray's on his way out of bounds and it's just a prayer and flings it up there and aj green's there and just he's he's tall so he comes down with it but he had a, over 100 yards in this in this game he he came up when he needed to when uh when murray needed that guy to bail him out there he was in this one he was a big player for the cardinals and so has been james connor james connor might be a top God, he top five, top ten back here this year too, because he again top ten, yeah, hundred twenty five total yards and from scrimmage and two touchdowns in this one. He's a, he's a solid player for the Cardinals, big big player. But yeah, I if no DeAndre Hopkins, I mean again that that that's only for the the regular season. But if he's not in there for the regular season, then that gives him less chance to get that number one seed back because they they lost it here with this loss it's in green bay now and if they're playing and and then this is a loss to the rams in division if they lose any more they they could lose a home game in the playoffs period 
let alone home field. So Cardinals are in a precarious spot, and there'll be a lot of young guys they have to turn to with Christian Kirk and stuff like that. Well, not young with Zach Ertz, but Rondell Rondell Moore is a rookie. So we'll see how the Cardinals do. You're right, without Hopkins. uh, This took me by surprise that the Rams won it in their house. But, yeah, this means Cardinals are on shaky ground, I think. Well, I wouldn't worry too much about the Cardinals, considering who they've got this week. Good segue, Dan. <laughs> At Lions. So it is on the road, though. No, we like yeah, the Cardinals, I'm, right? Yeah, we're gonna. I'm. I'm not fucking insane. Yes, I'm gonna take the Cardinals <laughs> over the Lions. I God, wouldn't it be fantastic for Dan Campbell to get his second win of the year <laughs> against a ten and three team? That's just the sort of shit the Lions might do. But yeah. I'm gonna go Cardinals. I I can't in good conscience take the Lions. No, I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, we don't spend too much time on that. Let's one more game here then for this uh, last week. The Seahawks win over the Texans. That's what I saved for the end, thirty-three to thirteen. Uh, but that's much bigger score than than what it technically was. It was uh sixteen to thirteen Seahawks at the half, and it was only nineteen to thirteen Seahawks heading into the fourth. Seahawks put most of their points on the board, running away with this one at the end. It's it's funny to me that the Seahawks are like, we got to put some wins here. And it's like, why? It's like, because fuck the Jets. That's why. <laughs> because there's no other reason for everybody to be traveling like this. Like, they're out. It's five and eight. You, yeah. You're not going to go, you know, you're, you're not going to win this fucking thing. It's not going to happen. Um, that being said, what, what would you be? You'd be nine and eight if you won out the rest of the year. And they're not going to fucking do that. Because Russell Wilson looks back, but he also looks back against the Texans, yeah. uh, which is not very good. And they still don't have a running game. I know Rashad Penny had 137 yards, but again, this is against the Texans, who give up runs to everybody. They are like promiscuous teens uh, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to the running. I have I have no moral standing for them. Yeah, I was excited when this game was close for a bit there, but it didn't stick. Um, you know, Mills looked good for a bit there. He had 331 yards in this game, and he's starting to look a little bit more comfortable. That doesn't mean he's going to be a future for anybody. He's going to be a career backup once they find somebody. Yeah, the Texans are are bad, and they they don't really care this year that they are, so that that makes them worse than, than they could be. And the Seahawks, like you said, if they don't have a first overall pick, then no reason to tank. Go out there and play your best and... Uh, you know, maybe one of these guys gets a nice position or, you know, contract out of showing that they're not going to quit for a bad team. I mean, that's the positive yeah. for it, I guess. Davis Mills, um, I mean, this is, we've talked about it a little bit. We're not fully into scouting yet, but this is a bad quarterback draft year. Mm. Um, Davis Mills has a chance with the Texans getting a top, clearly a top five pick at least. Um, they're probably going to add defensive help because it's a deep defensive draft. He's probably the incumbent starter coming in, so there's no reason not to put uh, Davis Mills out there and just see what you can get, get him more reps so that when he is your starter next season, because no veteran is going to be like, oh, I really want that Texans job. Um, when he's your starter next season, it, it at least gives you something to move from. Yeah, it just seems it's it's uh, our our man Terod Taylor. He's, he's bringing up all these young quarterbacks. They take his job, and he never comes comes back to it so he's got to go on somewhere else hopefully um, he's well paid for his time yeah so texans at jaguars texans at jaguars is a game this week um this can lead us to talk a little bit about the the hot water that urban has himself in um 
the Texans are playing a team full of a lot of losers. Uh, a lot of losers and only one winner, and, and everybody else just needs to buck up here and, and uh, prove that they can be winners, just like the winner that's that's head coach of this team because all these other losers and their losing ways are getting to this winner. It's making him a loser, and he doesn't like it anymore. I love the fact that Urban Meyer kind of for a long time a low-key piece of shit is now fully exposed as like a full-time piece of shit it's really (laughs) wonderful if there's anything good that we get from urban meyer coming to the nfl it's that when he's done here nobody's gonna be like urban meyer stand up christian what a good guy can't wait for him to run my organization i hope this is the end of his career whatever happens i hope he gets another year with the jaguars his team completely turns on him and he gets fired midway through uh, but like for cause, like I, <laughs> you know, apparently he kicked Josh Lambeau in practice, Yeah, you know, so he's out there the fucking kicker. kicking dudes being a, being a prick. Like, so if he's doing shit like this to adult men, I can't imagine what he was getting up to and how he was treating college kids. Fuck mm. this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't look good. Yeah. He's calling these, these press, or press conferences, calling these meetings and asking his coaches and stuff to defend their resumes that's what they're hearing it's this sounds stupid so uh surprisingly i think we were both like even after the mess he was in it earlier in this season like yeah but it's still it's Urban Meyer, and they went out of their way to get this guy and they're probably paying him all this money and stuff you know he they, they won't just let him go now all of a sudden there's a lot of talking the jaguars have to do and they have to spend some time here and, and really rack their brains see where they're going to go from here they didn't have this problem with Doug Marone, you know? They, they no. don't know Doug Marone issues like this. So maybe that's why he stuck around for as long as he did. Yeah, he could be another uh, He uh, wasn't head coach. sexy, but he... Yeah. No, no yeah. co-eds were letting him slip their hands down. Listen, guys, Dan's <laughs> the one Doug who said Doug Marone wasn't sexy. I did not say it. I've seen some, some photos. <laughs> oh, Doug, boy. Doug Marone cuts quite the silhouette. That's you know? right. That's right. We need to have more Doug Marone talk. Um, we can also talk about, oh, who are you taking in this game, by the way? <laughs> the Texans oh, and Jaguars. I'm sorry. I, I, realize, I realize we have now started talking about Saquon's thighs and Doug Marone's silhouette. <laughs> uh, this podcast goes strange places. Uh, I, I can't take the Jaguars. I feel like the Jaguars, the Houston Texans seems bad but competent, and Jacksonville seems bad and disorganized. So I'm going to go bad mm-hmm. and competent over Ben and disorganized this week. Yeah, watching that Titans-Jaguars game and just, the you know, Lawrence is throwing passes directly to people now, and I'm sure he doesn't really care and is just kind of riding this season out like it's rough. Uh, the mess with James Robinson not even getting a chance to play because, you know, and everybody's like, well, why not? And he doesn't have a good reason. It's Texans. Texans will take this one too. Yeah, even in Jacksonville, I think the Jaguars might be the most dysfunctional, you know, team in the league right now, all around. Uh, not not just front office like Washington is. <laughs> uh, let's talk yeah. about the last game that we can talk about here for next week: Seahawks at Rams. Uh, this one you you brought it up, Dan. Uh, Beckham is now on the COVID list, uh, which is interesting because this is a quote from him. Earlier in the season, he was, quote, I don't think COVID could get me. I don't think it's going to enter my body. I don't want no parts of it. It don't want no parts of me. It's a mutual respect. 
Yeah, that's also what he said about herpes, and that didn't turn out too well for him either. So, Ayo. yeah. Oh boy. Ayo. Yeah, but you're right. It's uh, yeah, it's stupid. Seahawks at Rams, though. Um, whether Beckham plays or not, what do you think? Um, I I just like I like the Rams on this back end of the season. Von Miller's back in form. You know, obviously still not the Von Miller of old, but great to set an edge while you're getting pressure up the middle from the best defensive player in football. So not a bad go. And Van Jefferson's been really, really good, and Cooper Cup's fantastic. So, um, you know, if Odell misses one game, I I think this is the game to miss. I, I predict a Rams win. Yeah, I think that awful Seahawks offensive line with Aaron Donald going down their throat. Um, Seahawks play the Rams always very good. They, they, they do well in division. They're built for in division, but – it they are they really gonna play that good spoilers when the Rams are now thinking hey we're gonna go take this division I don't think so so I like the Rams as well oh boy but these picks they're getting tighter and tighter Dan uh, once again after this last week we came out with four different ones and of course split right down the middle once again. <laughs> Uh, you took my Vikings, which I appreciate. I hope you're right once again. In fact, most of these weeks here, I'm cheering for your teams. I'm kind of hoping they won. <laughs> I think I told you, like, both those overtime games when they had overtime, I was like, these games are both going to overtime, and I'm hoping I come out wrong on both of them. And then I came out right on both because I said it out loud. I just have to hide my hopes or just say, like, <laughs> you know, hey, I hope the Bears win. And then we just hope and see that they, they but this leaves us with the picks at you are at 126 for the season and I'm only a game ahead yet 127. So anything could happen. Still four hey, weeks we got left. A, we got a lot different this week, man. It That's right. happened this and week. It, yeah, handful of different ones this week. So we'll return after this. We'll revisit it and see where we stand. Uh, that's what I got, though, for this week, guys. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Push-Off. Uh, we'll come out here each week. we got playoffs coming up soon. We're going to be dissecting that playoff picture probably from this point on. And those are your teams that uh, are playing games that don't lead us into clearing up that picture some. You'll find yourself in the two-minute no offense. Just make it easy for us. Um, but stick it right here. Follow us the rest of the season. We got a lot of great football knowledge and fun stuff for you as we uh, complete this season. Um, Dan, I got some crazy stats. Oh, please. Just a few here. Um, this was a week where we had, count them, four converted successful onside kicks. Oh, boy. We talked about how much we missed the onside kicks and, and all that stuff working, and f- somehow teams are, are figuring out the new rules and they're getting better at them maybe. And and maybe this is all it takes. It's just uh, these smart coaches' minds dissecting it for a few seasons. The Ravens, the Giants, the Bears, and the Cardinals all converted onside kicks. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, four in the, in the same week is is pretty unheard of these days. And then finally, the last one I have is uh, just a fun one. What happened to the Bills here? Uh, fun unless you're a Bills fan. Patriots <laughs> beat the Bills last week with 46 rush attempts, and then Brady beat the Bills this week with 46 pass attempts. 46. That's the magic number. There's gonna number. be some somebody fucking. Uh, scribbling it on a table and has to suplex somebody through it at the beginning of this game, I'm sure. Of course, that's not there. 
Oh, but that's it, guys. That's my crazy stats. That's what we got for you. Thank you so much. But, Dan, please, before we let everybody go, you got to leave us with some parting words of wisdom. It's dress rehearsal, everybody. Dress rehearsal for what, you might ask, Dan? Dress rehearsal for Saturday football. Because when the playoffs kick off, all those games move to Saturday and Sunday. So get your ass ready. Get your seat on the couch selected. Because this week, it's Saturday football. And then we don't get another one until the playoffs. So get your schedule set. Get your timing right. This is the last Saturday until playoff Saturday football. Super fucking excited. Um, you know, maybe don't tell your wife yet. I haven't told mine. That's not true. There's football. There's Saturday football week 16, too. Is there? Yeah. Browns, Packers, Colts, Cardinals, Saturday. Christmas Day. Christmas Day football. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Then, yeah, it's dress rehearsal, but uh, we're still up for opening night. And then Thursday football is over in two more weeks, too, so that's almost over. But you guys, yeah, get ready. It's it's wrapping up. Like those gifts oh. you got to get wrapping up and stick under your tree. We'll be it's- back here uh, before Christmas for, for another episode of the Push-Up Podcast. So we'll see you next time. I'm Scott. This is Dan. Have a good weekend watching them games Saturday and Sunday. Goodbye. Always good when my words of wisdom are immediately wrong. (laughs) 